0: All right, everybody, welcome to another episode. If you're new here, I'm Helen. I'm a confidence and business mentor for women. And my whole purpose here is to help you clear out any mental or spiritual blocks that are keeping you from leading the most happy, fulfilling, successful life that you could possibly lead. This podcast is about diving into the root core issues that keep us from living in the highest vibration, learning how to alchemize that kind of density, and above all, holding space for our humanity as we explore the depths of what it means to be human okay team today we're going to do a fun episode we're doing a community check-in a q a you guys submitted some questions on instagram and i'm so grateful because it gives me an opportunity to understand you better and understand what you're navigating on a daily basis. And it's really such a joy and a pleasure to be able to assist and help you in whatever way I can by reflecting on my own experiences and pulling from what I've seen work uh, with my clients as well. So we're just going to run right through it. I hope you're having a beautiful day. Happy Monday if you're listening on this Monday. Oh my gosh, I think tomorrow's Valentine's Day. Okay. Well, that leads us into our first question, (laughs) which is very appropriate. I'm just looking at my calendar right now. Like, oh my God, we're already halfway through the month. Okay. First question. Do you have any more advice around self-love? Simple and straightforward, right? Absolutely. You know, I think as we all come to find self-love is a journey, and I think it really comes back to assessing and understanding the stories that we tell ourselves on a daily basis. And I've really found that so much of our mental chatter is a collection of opinions from other people Uh, from our parents, from what we see on media and in television shows. And especially as women, we're given very particular narratives on how we're supposed to fit into a certain box and a certain mold. So I find that if we're ever outside of that box or that mold that we've been conditioned to live in, we start to get self-conscious because we start to feel other. And I think that's why, honestly, we see all of these particular beauty trends play out or we change our bodies and our appearances in certain ways. It's because we're kind of trying to fit into a mold. And I, I find this with myself. Absolutely. I mean, I even look at myself right now, I'm like wearing a blazer and a sweatshirt and gold hoops. I'm very much on trend. And so I think that's totally okay. Um, But when does it get in the way? When does it start to make us feel like we're not good enough? So I think The first part of self-love is understanding whose story is running through your mind. Is it the story that's coming through from society and from, you know, the influencers that we're watching and the shows that we're watching on television? And then... When we can pull back and observe those stories, then we can decide which ones we still feel comfortable playing into and which ones we would like to rewrite. And that's where we can really talk about expanders. And expanders are so helpful for us, basically the people we look to for inspiration, because they bring us into a new loop. They bring us into a new story and a new paradigm so that we feel a sense of community and connection with other people and we don't feel ostracized. So I hope this is making sense because I think the, the issue with self-love when we don't feel like we love ourselves is because we feel disconnected. We feel disconnected from community and we feel disconnected from ourselves. So the way back home to ourselves is to find points of connection and places where we feel seen and heard and loved for who we really are. So this is why I always, you know, say, to all of all of us in community is like find people who really make you feel like you can be yourself, and it's been such a joy to watch. You know, this body positivity movement come about because, for for myself even. I've gained probably like 10, 15 pounds in the last year. And I think if I had put on weight at any other time, uh, outside of the last five years, it would have crippled me. I would have felt so sad and gone into probably like a depressive state. So I, and I really think that a part of why I'm comfortable with my body changing and ebbing and flowing is because we have so many amazing role models and media right now that show us that it's okay to be in the skin that we're in. Um, same thing with the black lives Matter movement and this indigenous movement going on right now, I really am so grateful that it's happening because it's helping people who have felt marginalized or less than or other to feel loved and seen and connected. So the self-love journey is ironically a journey of coming back to community. In a, in a mental way, in a physical way, in a spiritual way, where do you feel seen and heard and in what places are you still hiding? So coming out of the shadows is going to mean looking for people that will embrace us. And sometimes that literally just means seeing to believe and seeing someone mimic and mirror the life that we would feel most confident living. So, um, yeah, it's being really honest with yourself about what you want as well. I think self-love has so much to do with radical honesty and accepting our desires and understanding that whatever we desire is okay. It's not bad or wrong. Um, so where can we give ourselves permission to more fully be ourselves? And this came up in the last full moon circle I led, cause we had a full moon in Leo, which is all about pushing us out of our comfort zone to let ourselves shine and just let ourselves exist in our most authentic way. So, I think it's this is twofold. It's once again feeling seen and heard in community and finding people that allow that. And then secondly is just being okay with our authenticity and finding out what that is sometimes. You know, I think part of self-love is embracing our quirks and our weirdness and following those those curiosities and those pings to discover more of what we love and allowing that uniqueness to shine and really embracing that because at the end of the day there's only one you and it's so amazing you know that there are 8 billion people on this planet and growing and there's only one you it's pretty miraculous you know um and i think there's another just bigger conversation to be had here about just getting out of our heads and back into our hearts and our spirits and remembering what a miracle it is that we even exist you know that we even exist it you know thinking back to the the cosmic beginnings of this earth and all of these collisions that happened and life forming on this planet and then you know we come about as these intelligent conscious beings like what if we just stripped away all of this mental monkey mind chatter for a moment and just bared witness to what a miracle it is to be alive. And, you know, this also goes into not putting so much pressure on ourselves to perform so much, which leads us into our next topic. And our next question is how to find your purpose. Okay. So (laughs) speaking of cosmic beginnings and cosmic collisions, and just the nature of life itself, like, Before I really get into the nitty gritty of finding our purpose and aligning with our purpose, I just want to ease up a little bit on this idea of like having to find something specific, like a title or a job title, or like, you know, I'm supposed to be fill in the blank. Like, I think our purpose takes many different shapes and forms over a lifetime because our purpose is our joy. That's why I always say our purpose is found through our curiosity. Our curiosity is a direct lead into our purpose because our curiosity basically exposes what we really love. And I think the whole purpose of life is to come back to love, to figure out how to create this kind of heaven on earth for ourselves. And I look at it a lot like a game sometimes, you know, I look at life and I'm like, okay, looking at this like a game and the end goal, the winning prize is creating a life that feels Good, that feels really good. How can we edit our lives to get closer and closer to that reality? So we can do that through following our joy. And I think it's a lot more realistic than we give that credit to. Um, I had a client recently who came in and I think she was working in sales. Yeah, she was doing something on, you know, sales or marketing related. And she wasn't really in her passion. You know, it was, um, it was paying the bills, paying her really well, but she just wasn't happy. And she was like, I don't really know what I'm supposed to be doing. And I said, you know, tell me about your, your heaven on earth. Tell me about what your dream life looks like. And she was like, well, I love being around animals and I love traveling and I love helping people travel, but that's crazy. Like I can't do anything with that. (laughs) We had to go like, okay, hang on a second. It's not crazy it's not crazy at all. You can make your own path in your own way when you look at your passion. So we really broke that down. We kind of narrowed in on the travel. It's like, what do you love about travel? What could you share about travel? What have your experiences so far led you to understand about travel and culture and, um. So, we were able to build her a new paradigm and help her to understand that she could literally be a travel agent and she could start her own business. And that's the direction she started to go in. And then we also brought in her love for animals, you know, and she was just like, I've always wanted a dog, you know, and I don't think it's the right time, or, you know, I've always wanted to be around animals. And we got her volunteering with animal shelters. And by the end of our time together, she'd gotten a dog and she's just so happy. So, that's just an example of like, Your purpose is much more attainable and your joy is much more attainable than I think we allow ourselves to understand sometimes. If we just break it down into like what makes us happy and then we make a a plan and a plan of action for getting closer to that, it becomes much more apparent about the way forward. So this is why I always really marry this, this planning and goal setting and goal attainment with all of the spiritual and mental work that we do, uh, because it gives us a roadmap to joy. <laughs> That's it. You know, a dream without a plan is just a wish. So I hope that answers this question a little bit about how to align with our purpose, follow your curiosity. I just made a reel about this. Um, you know, notice what you're Googling, notice who you're following on Instagram and why, what kind of documentaries or films are you watching? Who are you looking up to? These are all breadcrumbs and clues to help you tap into what your purpose is and remembering and also giving yourself the grace to know that your purpose can change. Um, and that all of the experiences leading you from one to the next are perfect. There are no accidents, right? I mean, when I look back on my whole trajectory of life, I've been an event planner, I've been a singer songwriter, I've been a model for a short period of time. Um, I've done like pulled off lots of wellness events. I've done all of these kind of odd jobs. And, uh, but when I look back on all of those jobs, they all make sense with what I'm doing now, because my joy and my purpose is to help women prosper and expand and create lives that feel happier and more successful and more expansive. So all of that makes perfect sense, you know? So I don't want us to negate or discredit all of the experiences that we've had along the way, because that's the whole, that's life. That's the journey, right? And I know that maybe in the future, maybe I become an author. Maybe I uh, write scripts. I have no idea, but I'm open to anything changing uh, surrounding my purpose because Purpose, I think, at the end of the day as well is all about how can we best be of service to ourselves and in tandem our community? Where can we make the most impact and be of the highest service? So, some some food for thought there. Okay. Next question, kind of in alignment with that, is how do you manage imposter syndrome? Okay, this is a juicy one. Yeah, I remember getting into the mentorship business and just thinking, you know, at first. This is an oversaturated industry. What am I going to have to offer? Aren't people like all teaching the same thing? But then I remembered and I noticed that all of the coaches that I was drawn to, I was drawn to them because of their energy, not because of their credentials, not even because of the plan that they were offering or the technique that they were using, because I find that a lot of us use similar techniques. It's about energy. And I was drawn to these people uh, because of the lives that they have lived as individuals and the lessons they'd learned through their own unique experiences and how they were teaching from that authentic place. So it almost has nothing to do with like the the creds and uh the nitty-gritty it's about energy so with that in mind i realized that as a mentor the number one thing i could do was just lean into my own authentic code more and more and more and just allow myself to be myself without worrying about anybody else like at this point i kind of have my blinders on i'm not worried about anybody else i'm just like how can i be of service to my community um you know just as as I am and it's okay if a lot of us are saying the same thing because all of us are going to say that same thing with a very different encoding and a different blueprint and at the end of the day we need more healers we need you we whether you're a healer or not no matter what you're doing you are a ripple that is creating an impact in this wider ocean. Um, as I believe we're raising the vibration of our planet, you know, we need you. There is room for all of us and your blueprint is essential to, to helping all of us continue to evolve popping in for a moment to chat with you about my private one-on-one mentorship series. This is for the woman who is ready to change her life. I know that feeling of confusion, anxiety, lack of direction, feeling like you're at a crossroads, and I've learned how to alchemize that discomfort and completely change my life, which is why I'm here, to show you the way, to show you how to do it too. If you have been struggling with confidence, if you've been feeling stagnant in your personal and spiritual evolution, if you need help navigating a major transition in life, if you're seeking clarity about how to best move forward in your career or your personal life, or maybe you want to launch your own soul-led business but have no idea where to start, this is where I come in. This is the container for you. So if this sent off a ping in your intuition, in your soul, head over to HelenDenham.com and just book a free power session with me so we can get to know one another and decide if this is the best course of action for you. All right, my darlings, thank you so much for tuning in and back to the episode. There just is no competition. I think once I got that narrative out of my head, it just helped a lot more. It's like there just literally is no competition. Uh, people will align with you just like friendships. It's like people don't compete for friendships. And uh, that really cleared that up too, because I think of business and bringing in clients as like developing deep connections and deep relationships. It's all about relationships. So I think about it more from that standpoint, instead of like money, um, this is an energetic exchange and that's really sacred and it's unique to each pairing. So I hope that helps understand imposter syndrome as like, let's just knock it out. <laughs> I don't even like consider it anymore. Um, you know, we're all in our own lanes and okay however i don't want to bypass that experience that you're having and that i've had before however so i think the the one tip that i will give for that is continue your education um, whenever I feel like I don't know enough about something or I'm not prepared to teach something um which does come up for sure but it doesn't block me anymore I see it as an opportunity to learn more um and once you realize that we're forever students in life it just becomes a joy to keep learning so um this is why I love doing the full moon circles every month because each month we have a different theme depending on the archetype that we're working with and what sign we're working with so last month was Leo so we were Talking about expansive, you know, confidence and you know, just owning our power and who we are. So I had to look inside myself and say, okay, where can I purge any blocks there? And what do I need to learn about confidence so that I can teach that more deeply? Um, especially as a confidence mentor, I'm always learning how to step into my own confidence more and more. Like what strategies can I put in place? What new habits can I put into place? Uh, is there breath work that I want to try? Um, you know, are there books that I can read? Like, it's just a constant educational process uh, for me. And that makes imposter syndrome completely null. And it completely flips it on its head to, oh, there's always opportunity to learn. There's always opportunity to grow. What a pleasure, what a gift. That's why following our purpose and alignment with, with our bliss is, is the sauce. That's the secret sauce because it's gotta be something that you want to learn about every day. Um, Studying confidence and business in tandem on a daily basis. I'm like I'm always in school, and I I'm obsessed. I love it, and maybe someday I'll graduate from this school and go into another realm. But I think the key here is like, what do you want to learn about? You know, what do you want to learn about? So that doesn't mean you're not good enough yet, or you're less than. I often find that mentors we're teaching as we go, you know, we're teaching as we learn and we integrate. So every time I like make a reel about something or every time I hop on a podcast with you guys, I'm really talking usually about pretty recent experience that has taught me a specific lesson that I can, I can teach. So imposter syndrome, I think is just, it's, it's um a little block in our neural pathways that I think it would do us well to kind of clear out and just you know, question, even the existence of it and reframe it as an opportunity for education. Okay. Um, Next question is how do you deal with general anxiety? How do you deal with general anxiety? Well, anxiety, I think at the base is fear. We're afraid of something when I, whenever I feel anxious, I'm like in fight or flight. So first of all, hand on the heart, just tell yourself I am safe ah, deep breath into the heart space. I am safe. I am safe. And like rubbing your chest, you know, coming back to the heart space. I am safe. Noticing how quickly you're breathing as well. And breath is so amazing. It's always communicating with us how we're feeling. So when we're in an anxious state, we can first hand on the heart, and then start sl- start to slow the breath down because when we slow our breathing down that sends a wave of relaxation physically to the body that lets our body know you're you're safe there's nothing to run from there's nothing coming after you you know it's all self imposed um and as we know you know that saying is like if you're depressed you're living in the past if you're anxious you're living in the future so what about the future are we afraid of when we're anxious And when we can identify what exactly we're so afraid of, then we can start to manage it. And the first question I always ask if I experience anxiety is, is this a real threat? Or is it just an alarm, a false alarm going off? Like how intense and real is this threat? And then when you really think about it, 99.9% of the time you realize there's nothing wrong. It's okay. And you know, It's okay. And then you can manage the threat. (laughs) So if it's like, oh my God, I have this like due date at the end of the week, okay, breathe. Okay, breathe. What kind of action can we take to alleviate this pain? And that's where I really encourage action to alleviate anxiety because emotion follows action. So if something in the future is freaking us out, like I have this deadline, I have this due date here in the future, okay taking a step toward getting something done that will get us closer to the, you know, fruition of that project coming to life will alleviate the anxiety almost immediately, I find. So if I'm having anxiety, for example, about like my website needing to be done by a certain date, um, which has been coming up a little bit, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to set my timer for five minutes. And as soon as I sit down and I do one piece of typing or something, I immediately feel better. So it's taking aligned action to alleviate that pain. And this is where procrastination can be so dangerous and just like so harmful to our well-being, I think because it it has us suffering tenfold. We suffer not twice, but like 10 times. Every time we put something off, we're increasing our suffering. So taking aligned action just a little bit immediately alleviates pain and anxiety I find. So, Anxiety I think can be alleviated through action. Um action and just before action is just calming the breath down, calming down, checking in, saying checking in with our inner child as well, you know, like who feels in danger? Is it your child self? Is it your teenage self? Is it your adult self? Like what is setting off the alarm? Is it a basic need that hasn't been met? Is it a bigger existential issue that's going on? What is your body trying to communicate with you? What's your brain trying to communicate to to get you to feel safer, basically. So whatever you can do to get to that place of safety. And then another very tangible tool that I use every day is EFT. Um, This is something I want to offer for you guys more. I should do some more videos on EFT. Um, But I just use Brad Yates all the time. And I have his EFT for safety bookmarked on my desktop so that Um, I do that probably three times a week, at least is EFT for safety, because I feel like at the base of everything, if we don't feel safe, we can't create, we can't really show up for life if we feel constricted and suffocated. So moving out any blocks to our safety is, is the key there. And I think that will alleviate a lot of anxiety. And then the final thing I'll say about that is uh, I think anxiety is sometimes caused by worrying what other people think about us. And at the end of the day, we will never know. It is a dead end to even worry about what other people are thinking of us. Who cares? <laughs> if the if someone's judging you, by the way, um, they're not invited into your home, into your house, in your mind, right? If like, do you want someone who's judging you and thinking critically of you even in your headspace? That's not someone I would invite in. So, Just let them live in their own little world, you know, and um, they're not invited. (laughs) Love and light and goodbye. You're not coming in here if you're going to be mean to me. So um, yeah, I just try to remember like, if we're afraid of somebody judging us, it's none of our business. People judging us are none of our business. What other people think of us is none of our business because it's just you and you in your head. All right, it's just you and you. So make sure that you're speaking kindly to yourself because that's all you can control. Um, and then, you know, outside of you, you can kind of you can kind of monitor your environment to an extent too, which I think it's important to make sure that what we're seeing on our feeds, on our social media feeds, what we're watching, what we're consuming, is promoting well being and love and not so much fear. Uh, so really. Monitoring your intake and your consumption online, I think, is really important as well because so much is, of anxiety is other people's chatter. So, where can we block out that chatter and release it and just let it go? Because we're never going to accomplish anything with other people's narratives in our minds. I really don't think, um, unless it's solicited and we invite it in and we want, you know, constructive help. But that's that's, you know, within our own realms and our own boundaries. So, energetic boundaries. Okay. Okay. Last couple questions from one of my favorite clients. Yay. Okay. How do you help someone through trauma? How do you help someone through trauma? Um, Listen, that's my answer to that short and sweet. Listen to them. I think people who have experienced trauma simply need a safe space to express it. Um, So I think the best thing that we can do is really not offer any advice or try to fix their pain in any way. I think the most loving thing that we can possibly do for someone who's experienced trauma is to hold them energetically and physically hug them if they're around you, you know, but just give them space to express and allow them to feel safe in doing so. Um I have a lot of clients who come in with childhood trauma and I have learned that even as a mentor I do not give unsolicited advice. My job first and foremost is to hold a safe space for them. So I have a lot of people who come in with grief. Uh, Maybe they've lost a parent, maybe something really tragic has happened in their life. Um, And the most healing thing I can do is let them cry, let them move through it and hold that space in a place of non-judgment. I think it's very healing to see someone and to have someone witness us in our pain and accept it and just say, it's okay that you're in pain. It's okay that you're crying. My, my biggest thing is, you know, I think we're all such empathetic beings by nature. I think we're all empaths. So my <laughs> sacred challenge has been to not um, break down or cry a lot with my clients. There are moments where I am absolutely moved to tears because I love the women who come in so deeply that I feel them so deeply and it, I like need to cry with them. Uh, I've just had one client recently who's been navigating the, the passing of her parents. And I think what has really been good for me to do as a space holder is to witness her, unemotionally almost, just see her for who she is and completely accept her, but not necessarily join her in the pain, but just witness her with ultimate love and just beam love at her and let her know that it's okay and it's safe to feel that. Um, Because I think where I have, what I've learned with my sister and my family a lot is you know, that when people come to us with trauma and with issues, they just want to be heard. They don't really want advice on how to fix it or to overcome it, you know, unless they ask, Um, unless they specifically ask me, you know, what do I do about this or how can I move through this and purge this, which my clients totally do. But I hope this is I hope this is landing right, but it's really to listen to, to be an active listener, I think is the greatest skill that any of us as healers could possibly cultivate. And, you know, I've learned this through the podcast, honestly, um, to listen and to give people the space to speak and talk, you know, um, and I always remind myself that before a client session, if I ever, you know, I, sometimes I get a little nervous before my first meeting with a new client. Cause I'm like, I just want to do such a great job for her. I really want to do the best that I can. Um, and then the, the thing that immediately calms me down, it's like, it's not about me. It's about them and helping them to feel safe and just giving them space to explore. So that's what I'd say about trauma. They just need a safe space. I think to express Okay. And then final question is kind of an interesting, just social question. That's um, a little off topic, but interesting. Um, What do you think about transgender issues in sports? And I know that there's, you know, in the Hawaii uh, surf competition right now, there is, um, you know, a big conversation around transgender people, um, like transgender women who were born male and transitioned to female competing in the women's league in the, in the, in the surfing industry. This is also I think going to be a huge thing that we're going to see in the Olympics and um just across sports in general. And uh my stepmom is a professional swimmer, so she is actually dealing with this a lot as well because um the thing is, okay, so there are two parts to this and to be honest, I do not have an answer because here's the thing. My opinion is always, where can we be more compassionate and inclusive across the board? Where can we help everyone feel loved, seen, honored, respected, and deeply welcomed? We never want to ostracize anybody or make them feel like they aren't good enough or they don't belong. And that's literally what causes depression and what causes just deep trauma is feelings of separation, I believe. So this is, I'm sure, especially triggering for the trans community, to see this playing out in sports because it's another level of separation that's happening. Excuse me. So what they ended up doing in the surfing world is they tested the testosterone levels. And if you were under a certain level of testosterone, you could compete as a transgender woman in the, in the surf league. But um, people are, you know, really pushing back against this because there are a lot of other factors. Um, You know, in almost every single sport, I think except for golf, you guys got to correct me if I'm wrong, but um, men just outperform women just because of the biological makeup. Men are just typically naturally bigger, um, probably higher bone density. Just the way that their bodies, like the aerodynamics of the body and the water especially, give them uh, a much higher chance at winning. Uh, this is why men and women don't compete in sports because our bodies are just so aerodynamically completely different, which gives straight up difficult, different results. So. I think people in the sports world are doing probably the best they can to make it fair. Um, you know, because the bodies are so different. Oh, I don't know though. I don't know how they're going to do this. I think they're getting really close by just measuring the levels of testosterone. I think that's a really good place to start, but I think they've got to get it down to like bone density and how people's bodies move in the water and, Oh my gosh, there are just so many different factors here. I'm not sure that's even accurate though, because women come in all different shapes and sizes. So I think that the closest they've gotten here to being the most compassionate and inclusive is just making sure that all of the estrogen and testosterone levels are within a certain parameter. And I think if they're doing that and, um, you know, I think they're being as fair as they possibly can, but they've got to be really careful with making sure to stay compassionate and heart-centered because even if they have a whole other league, you know, with just the trans community competing in sports, it's still not fair. It's still ostracizing them, right? So um, this is just going to be a really interesting conversation to play out, but sports, it's kind of like, you know, bodies get objectified because they become like machines in the water. It's like when you look at the Olympics, you're not you're looking at the body kind of like a machine, one that has been primed and trained and readied to go. Um, and the thing about sports is like you're building muscle in a different way in a in a women woman's body versus a male body, um, and that's really important in sports. So. I just hope that they can be as kind as possible throughout this. I do not know what an interesting time to be alive. How cool is it to just completely rethink gender roles and everything? But yeah, um, I think they just got to be careful about being compassionate about those decisions. Okay, guys, (laughs) thank you so much for playing along. So happy to be here with you. Um, I think that is it on my end. Come hang out over on Instagram if we're not connected there at Helen Denham underscore and at the Lifted podcast. I love you so much. Thank you so much for being here. It's really just such an honor to connect with you all on a daily basis. Thank you for submitting those questions if you were one of the people who sent those in. And if you ever want anything covered in a solo podcast, just send me a DM and uh, I'll integrate it. Okay. Have a beautiful day and I will talk to you soon.